Welcome to 2024. With the 2024 election on the horizon, the wars in Gaza and Ukraine, and numerous other foreign policy and domestic news stories, it's never been more important to stay informed. The DSR Network has you covered, with experts across all of these stories, to bring you the analysis and commentary of the stories that matter. Later this month, the DSR Network will introduce the TNR Daily, featuring Greg Sargent, formerly of the Washington Post, and a close friend of the show. Don't miss a moment of our coverage. Become a member of the DSR Network today. Members receive exclusive bonus content, the opportunity to attend DSR live events, a members-only Slack community, an ad-free listening experience, and more. For the month of January, receive 50% off your first year of membership. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code DSR2024 at checkout. That's thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and code DSR2024. Thank you for your support. Hello, it's still 2024. Welcome to the DSR Daily. I'm David Rothkopf, one of your co-hosts, joined as always by your other co-hosts. That includes Chris Cottmore. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing well, thank you. And Riley Fessler. How are you, Riley? Just dandy. Excellent. And Chris, what's the first story on your list for today? Uh, fighting intensified, if if you can believe it, in Gaza. Um, after the killing of a Hamas deputy leader. Um, all the reading I've done on this suggests that this is not, um, you know, essentially going to do anything in terms of uh, Israel backing off of uh, their attacks in Gaza. Um, they're concerned now about retaliation after he was uh, killed in uh, Beirut. Um, the other thing I've read is. After Hamas leadership in the past uh, have either been killed or perished, um, it's done nothing to uh, the organization in terms of their ability to uh, just, you know, put new uh, Hamas leadership in place. It's still, you know, disturbing uh, to me that. It, there does not seem to be an end game. Again, I, I, I reference your piece from the other day, um, and I, I, I think you know where where we, the United States, um, is in a position where we we have to step up our efforts here. This this is really getting out of hand. Uh, yeah, well, uh, uh, I, I think we are. I think that you know, there's a limit to what the United States can do, although I think there are still some steps, including uh, withholding aid. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, we may see that happen. The thing that is uh, most striking about yesterday's attack on the deputy Hamas uh, leader is that it took place in Beirut, it took place in Lebanon, it took place in a Hezbollah neighborhood uh, in Lebanon. And so there's a lot of uh, people alert it, to the prospect that this could signal uh, uh, an escalation, could trigger an escalation from Hezbollah, from uh, Iran. Uh, also, interestingly, uh, you know, the Israeli government is not like past Israeli governments. 
um, which is putting it mildly. And one of the things that a couple of folks in it did yesterday was actually acknowledge that the Israelis were behind this attack. Uh, typically, when the Israelis go and knock off, uh, you know, a terrorist leader in another country, they don't comment on that. Um, and there were a couple of folks who did that. I thought that was uh, reckless. But the most reckless thing that we've heard in the past 24 hours is more talk from extremist Israeli ministers about shipping people from Gaza into other countries about shipping them out into Africa, into other places. The United States condemned this uh, yesterday at very high levels, including the UN ambassador. But um, uh, if they make, if the Israelis make any move in that direction, uh, I've got to think that's a red line the United States would find uh, necessary to enforce, because that is ethnic cleansing. That's a horrific policy. Riley. So Harvard President Claudine Gay has resigned amidst a pretty intense pressure campaign and weeks of criticism uh, following a congressional hearing on campus anti-Semitism. The controversy around her expanded into allegations of plagiarism, uh, but a panel associated with Harvard uh, deemed that she had not committed uh, research misconduct. They suggested she add some kind of additions to her previous works to give more citations, but ruled that it was not plagiarism. Uh, However, these claims kept pouring in from really a lot of right-wing sources, including Christopher Rufo, who is behind a lot of bullshit uh, smears and has been a crusader against uh, education systems in a variety of ways in recent years. Um, So it does, it certainly was not a good faith uh, investigation into her academics, uh, to say the least. Um, but, David, I know you've been very vocal about this on Twitter, so your thoughts? Well, I mean, my thoughts are can, you know tied to what you're saying, tied to what the facts of this are. Um, uh, you know, uh, this is a dark moment because there, there's going to be more of it. They're bright as, you know, so see blood in the water. They think that they can go. Um, and go after people, smear them, stir up discontent among uh, trustees and donors to universities, and use that as a way to impose their agenda on those universities, whether it's an anti-DEI agenda or whether it's an anti-free um, speech on campus agenda that you know they you know because they want to quell support, for example, for the Palestinians. Um, uh, you know, and it, you know, it's pretty nauseating to listen to the moralizing of these people over, uh, what is essentially a bogus plagiarism accusation, um, uh, when they actively support a serial criminal, rapist, fraudster, insurrectionist who betrayed his country to be president. This puts the lie to everything they're doing. They are moralizing. Um, uh, they are the ones who condemn cancel uh, uh, culture um, and uh, 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 virtue signaling, and yet they're doing it here. Uh, they will continue to do it. And uh, because they have seen this victory, watch for what's next. Watch for who gets canceled in academia, uh, you know, whether it's uh, doctors in red states who teach that 
you know, uh, you know, the proper medical procedures to handle at certain crisis moments in a pregnancy, or whether it's uh, people who teach history as it really happened, uh, or whether it's uh, 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 administrators who promote uh, equity and equal opportunity. This, this, this is where this goes. We've seen it because it's yet another page out of the fascist playbook uh, from the 1930s. This is a sort of an election 2024 roundup with the Iowa caucuses um, less than two weeks away. Uh, I came across the story of uh, David's boy Vivek Ramaswamy, (laughs) who's crisscrossing the state of Iowa in the hopes of uh, increasing his uh, right now fourth place showing in the polls. Um, I I think a pretty safe prediction is that uh, that guy is going to drop out either after Iowa or New Hampshire, I really see no point in in his campaign at this point. Um, the second story is Trump's appealing his uh, his removal uh, on the ballot in Maine. Um, he's also contesting the decision of the Colorado Supreme Court to remove his name from the primary ballot in that state uh, with other states uh, pending. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where that goes. Um, we have a debate coming up on January 10th for the Republicans uh, in Iowa uh, that will be on CNN and will feature two juggernaut candidates, Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis, going head to head while Trump has qualified for the debate. You know, his um, his stance on uh, actually, you know, attending debates and de- defending his stellar record. Um, he just does not show up. So we have all of this to look forward to. And then uh, with, with, with in my prep here, I listened to the New York Times podcast, which yesterday covered Trump's strategy on the election. Today was Biden's strategy. Um, and, you know, if you want to kind of go into uh, that, you can go and listen to the New York Times um, podcast and We'll be, of course, covering this pretty closely over the course of the next 10 months, which is incredible, um, but necessary. First of all, I'm outraged. Why would you listen to that second-rate newspaper? No, no, I'm a New York Times fan. But we're going to cover this on Friday. We're going to go into this in great depth, and so people should you know, tune in here. Um, we'll have better experts and we'll go into greater depth and we won't do it with this New York Times bent that you see so often on the front page, like, oh my God, here's another problem for Biden. You know, the best economic numbers ever. How is that going to, you know, drag him down? A la the uh, Doug J. Balloon, uh, New York Times pitch box parody um, uh, Twitter account. Um, uh, You know, this is a charade. Republican primaries are a charade. Uh, there's one thing that might be interesting, which is Nikki Haley might come close to beating Trump in uh, New Hampshire. That would be more interesting if she were actually standing up to him. We're not saying, oh, yeah, I'd vote for him. Uh, the, you know, as somebody, I think it was Chris Christie, said on Morning Joe this morning, because he's not going to be participating. You know, Ron DeSantis is running for 2028. 
Nikki Haley is running to be vice president on the Trump ticket. Uh, this is not a real challenge to Trump. Uh, the real challenge to Trump next week will not take place in Iowa, will not take place on the uh, debate stage uh, with these two uh, lightweights uh, swinging uh, at each other. Uh, it'll take place in the uh, Circuit Court of the District of Columbia, when on the 9th there will begin hearings on Trump's presidential immunity um, uh, case. Uh, that, of course, will be uh, in a press that that D.C. Circuit Court, you know, uh, 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 trial will be a precedent to, uh, you know, uh, 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 a, tr- a trial at the Supreme Court on this. Um, but these are the bigger issues. These are the, you know, the, the, the opposition Trump faces, you know, judges uh, juries, uh, and not members of his, uh, pusillanimous, uh, party. Riley. Well, the U S court of appeals for the fifth circuit, which is considered one of the most conservative in the country has delivered another blow to abortion rights, uh, this time in Texas. Um, they, ruled that Texas hospitals and doctors are not compelled to perform abortions under the Emergency Medical Treatment and Labor Act, um, which is one of the Biden administration's kind of big ways they were hoping to push back on the limits a- across various states. Um, they say that the, the act does not mandate specific medical treatments, uh, obviously in this case, specifically abortion, um, and criticize the administration for not following proper rulemaking processes. Um, so obviously this is a disaster for abortion rights act advocates. Um, they argue that it disregards women in life threatening pregnancy situations, which I would say that it does. We've seen across various States with restrictive abortion measures, this problem of women going to extreme lengths to receive treatment, um, as doctors and caregivers are not really sure if they're legally allowed to given the uh, kind of vague language of a lot of these laws. So not a great development. We'll see what the administration is able to do to kind of go around this or continue providing care, but not great. Well, clearly they will appeal it. Um, the fifth circuit is, uh, uh, a a bunch of extremist judges that hand down extreme opinions on a, on, on a regular basis. Um, uh, we cannot expect much better from the Supreme Court as it's currently constituted, unfortunately. Um, and that, you know, leads to back to the election. And, uh, while Chris was talking about the presidential election, uh, in, in, in many respects, uh, just as important is the, uh, election are, are, are the series of elections that will take place in the United States Senate. Because right now it looks very, very close. And in fact, more likely than not, that Republicans will win the Senate. If they do, it will be very, very hard for the Biden administration to continue to put in place good, qualified, diverse judges as they've been doing for the past four years. It'll also be difficult for them to confirm people uh, to senior uh, level jobs. Uh, and, um, that's, that's real problem. 
And I think people who are looking ahead the 10 months to the election and saying, where should I focus, uh, need to focus on the places where uh, um, uh, they can make a difference, not just on, on, on national elections, but on state elections. Um, and uh, of course, I don't assume that everybody who's listening to this is 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 voting for uh, Democrats necessarily. Uh, but if you are listening to DSR, you probably do care about the rule of law. You probably do care about the rights of uh, women and other groups that are, you know, being uh, constrained by these courts. Um, and and that means you've got to prioritize things like the election of Colin Allred to the Senate over Ted Cruz in Texas, or uh, Lance Kuntz to the Senate over um, uh, 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 Josh Hawley in, in, in Missouri or, uh, the reelection of Mark Kelly or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So the, you know, there are, there are really, really important, uh, state level races out there and people have got to focus on that. And my final story is, is, you know, in the ex- sort of, uh, context of new year's resolutions, I know people said a lot of, resolutions related to exercise and less drinking and all those things. Did you? I I didn't. I did not. I did not. But um, one of the trends that has stuck uh, seemingly is a dry January where uh, people abstain from alcohol uh, for the month of January, although I've seen... (laughs) I've seen people put their own rules in place of when they can and can't drink, like during football games and and all of that. Dry January originated back in World War II, though didn't take hold until uh, 2013, um, and and originated in the UK. Actually, um, what I will say about Dry January and the benefits of not drinking or abstaining from alcohol is a couple of years ago. Um, I did dry January, which I ultimately parlayed into um, abstaining completely. Um, There obviously are health benefits when I go to the doctor now and (laughs) he asks me how many drinks I have per week. Uh, I can tell him zero. Um, I know over the course of the pandemic, me included, lots of people turned to uh, alcohol or other substances um, to get through. Um, but it's, you know, it is beneficial. And uh, if you can get through the month of January, I would encourage you to try uh, to uh, do it a little bit longer. Wow. Wow. I didn't know we were going there. I didn't know that was our policy. In fact, I think it's long been a policy to produce podcasts that make people turn to drink. Um, but uh, it's nice that you have the health of our listeners uh, at heart, Chris. Uh, you're, you're, you are a family of fitness freaks. I know that. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, it is admirable to all of us. I have nothing to add to this because I don't really drink. So, you know, I, I have a different reaction, which is I've seen a bunch of sort of post-January 1st articles saying a great way to lose 20 pounds is to stop drinking. Yeah. No, no, it's not. I don't drink. What do I, you know, don't tell me I have to, 
don't only have to give up cookies, but apparently you do. Apparently you have to give up cookies. Riley, what what kind of uh, advices do you have for everybody to end up? Uh, I've got I've got some I guess advice as well, uh, which is the dangers of cyber kidnapping, which is Yikes. apparently a new a new trend that experts are warning uh, is going to rise with the advent of things like AI, which I think is an interesting effect. Um, so a case happened in the last week where a high school student, an exchange student from China, was reported missing and later found in a tent in rural Utah after scammers convinced him to isolate himself. Um, and then ransom demands and a staged picture were sent to his parents in China claiming that he'd been abducted, which resulted in his parents sending $80,000 to the scammers. Um, so this is a rising trend. Um, one of the things with AI is that you can uh, mimic someone's voice. Um, so people expect scammers to mimic a voice of a loved one in peril and call their family member uh, to try and convince them that they've been abducted and wire them money. Um, so this is obviously very scary, I think. that, And one of the other things they can do is copy your phone number so it looks like it's coming from your phone and your voice, which is obviously terrifying for any family member to receive that kind of call. Um, and obviously a lot harder to protect against as opposed to other scams. So interesting trend and an interesting effect of AI. Look, here's the thing, folks. If you get an email, a text, if a tweet is addressed to you, assume it's a scam. Assume that the person on the other end is trying to cheat you. Particularly, I don't, I literally, if I get an email from Chris Cottonware and it says, click on this link, I find another way to communicate to Chris Cotler and ask whether he sent me an email saying click on a link before I click on the link. Don't do that because there's a lot of horrible people out there, including, I mean, there's some dodgy people on this podcast. I don't know what Chris Cotler's up to, and he may be, you know, engaged in fishing, you know, you know, P-H-I, fishing, and... um that you know, that's the that's the kind of thing that'll ruin your day. I must have gotten five emails in the past weekend from Apple saying your credit card has expired. You need to put in a new form of payment. And until I got one that actually said <laughs> you're losing service on the following thing, and I was able to confirm that independently, I didn't click on the link to change the credit card. Because, you know, they can mimic a logo, an address, et cetera. Uh, you've just got to be on your guard. Um, and uh, you've also got to tell your relatives who are not as internet savvy as you are to be on their guard. Because a lot of older people um, uh, or foreigners who don't speak English very well, et cetera, et cetera, are, are getting scammed on a, on a, on a regular basis i've had you know relatives who have been scammed chris as you know um have you ever been scammed chris uh no i don't think so knock on wood i do get plenty of emails though like from the geek squad saying i spent you know 600 bucks on some service if you know you didn't spend the money on the service chances are it's a scam exactly I mean, Riley still thinks he's working for the New York Times. Don't tell him. We we sent him that acceptance letter. Wait, like, I, I'm, this is, I'm not? This, 
this is the biggest break of his life. But he's working, doesn't know he's working at the world's smallest media. Um, uh, don't worry, Riley. It's just as good. We have people from the New York Times on our podcast all the time. Um, and later today, we'll, we'll have our Mothership podcast, the first one of the year, the podcast that focuses on foreign policy and national security, the one that started it all for Deep State Radio. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about what's going on in the Middle East and some other things we're looking forward to in the year ahead. Uh, and we've got some great stuff coming later in the week, and we'll tell you about that on The Daily tomorrow. do want to add one other thing, though. Yesterday, the New Republic announced that they were hiring our friend Greg Sargent, formerly of the Washington Post, to join them as a staff writer, but also to be the host of the new daily podcast from the New Republic, which will appear right here on the DSR network and will be produced by us. Um, so this is a new joint project of the New Republic and us, and it brings in one of the greatest journalists out there covering the kind of stuff we cover, Greg Sargent. We're extremely excited about it. Uh, and, uh, you know, we should set aside a little extra time each day for that one, too because that's going to be a daily you won't want to miss, just like this one is. Until uh, tomorrow, until our later podcast, thank you all for joining. And thank you, Chris. And thank you, Riley, for all that you do.